Good evening, everybody, guys. Locked on Browns, episode 155. Let's go, Browns. Thanks, you guys, so much. All the support lately. Uh, you guys are really loving the offseason episodes. Uh, look, some teams are still playing. <laughs> still a big football game left on Sunday. Uh, sadly for us Browns fans, it's all about the continuous, you know, continuation of the rebuild. Uh, have another great draft guy here. Uh, we'll focus more on free agency. Like I've been telling you guys, you know, it's kind of hard to do those shows until you have the names that are going to be available. But trust me, we'll hit with a lot of free agency talk once we get, you know, closer to some finalization and we know guys that will be available. Uh, with us here this evening from Bleacher Report, uh, writer for Fan Rag, uh, Stick to Football f- uh, podcast with Matt Miller, uh, his own Stick to the uh, Stick to the Jets podcast. Uh, one of the younger, brighter guys in the business. A, a huge future ahead. I've had a chance to know Connor now for a few years now, and he just continues each year to get bigger and bigger. Mr. Connor Rogers. Connor, buddy, my man, my fellow Jersey guy. How's everything going, bro? Good, Jeff. After that intro, uh, you know, I got to live up to the hype here. I appreciate it, though, man. How are you doing? Uh, you know, like we were just saying before we uh, you know, started to hit the record here button, it, it's a crazy time. It's a busy time. Uh, 90 days, you know, between now, I mean, 90 or so. I'm not going to give the exact number. 90 days or so before the NFL draft. This is the craziest time of the year. It also, as fast as it seems that it goes at times, is also as slow as it goes at times. So it's a crazy, crazy time of the year. Now, Connor, uh, we'll start off here. Look, I know you're a younger guy. You're fit. You take care of yourself. You're conscious about what you put in your body. But you just did about four or five days down in Mobile for the Senior Bowl. And I don't think, you know, any nutritionist or any gym, you know, gym instructor is going to sign off on that. How you holding up, buddy? I'm all right. You know, like like I was telling you, uh, I've been these last two days back at work. It's I've had an extra coffee each day just to kind of, you know, get through everything. Uh, you know, I do radio on Mondays, obviously coming on the podcast with you tonight on a Tuesday. And we did stick to football today with Todd Gurley, stick to the Jets tomorrow. So, you know, man, it's just back on it. I'm all caught up on sleep as much as I can be. There's only so much sleep I can ever get in a week. And I feel all right, man. I feel good. All right. Um, give me, I mean, just as far as, you know, and it was, it was, it was obviously big for you guys. You know, not only was it, you know, the days and the practices, you know, you and Matt were doing the shows at night. Um, for you, as this is going on and each year it gets a little bit bigger and bigger, you know, how do you take it all in? I mean, I know you're enjoying the hell out of it because, you know, who wouldn't? But, it, it, you know, is it a lot to just look at when you're basically when you get to the airport, getting on the plane going, man, look what I just did this week. Yeah, it is. And you're, you kind of nailed it that it gets bigger and bigger each year for us, which I'm grateful for. I, I always appreciate that. I love the opportunity. And uh, it's a lot of fun. I would say this year the thing that I wasn't ready for I would say is that, you know, you're going all day, you're up early, breakfast and, and everyone, I would say early, but up early enough for breakfast and all that, and then watching practice all day, and then shooting videos after practice, and then eating dinner with everyone, and then doing the live show at 8 o'clock. I would say the one thing I wasn't ready for was really just to be talking for almost 18 to 20 hours straight at a time. There was never really a break, because you're either talking to who you're working with, or talking to different um, you know, scouts, coaches, sources, all kinds of connections and all that. And honestly, we had a lot of fans of the show that came out that were awesome and just talking to them for hours and hours each night. So it, it is exhausting. And I think I wasn't fully ready for that. I don't think my body had been through that in a while or at least really maybe ever in my life. But, you know, I love it. And it's, it's a lot of fun. And I think um, I got to be ready just for each event that comes about and because we're going to be covering everything. We're going to be at the Combine this year doing shows every day. So, it's just getting into show mode every single day. 
Well, at least you're working out enough to cover uh, your partner, Mr. Miller, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got to be putting in that gym time. Uh, now, uh, takeaways from the, uh, the week that was, I mean, I, I think, you know, some of the small school offensive linemen showed pretty well. Um, I think the offensive line as a whole maybe showed well, maybe as opposed to the defensive line. Obviously, some of the pass rushers, you know, had their moments. Uh, give me some guys, you know, I, I, I don't want to focus on losers at it because it's just such, it's a small sample of a week. Yep. I hate to focus on losers of the week. But give me, I would say, you know, give me you know, as many names as you want to give me, but give me gay, guys that you either A, didn't know much about, or B, didn't think much about, and, you know, you walked out of there, you know, out of Mobile and said, well, you know, here's something that, you know, I know i got to do some more homework on. Yeah, it's interesting when you bring it up like that. I think the guy that jumped out to me the most that I was aware of but didn't realize how good he is is MJ Stewart, the corner out of UNC. This is a guy that at one point in time, him and Mike Hughes from UCF, who's going to go in the first round of this draft, were on the same team, and they ran into some trouble when they were underclassmen. Hughes obviously had left the school. Stewart wrote it out and had a really good career at UNC as a press corner. He came down and showed that he can come in a little lighter. This dude is just rock solid he, he's jacked up he looks like a safety and i was talking to the guys that are training him you know they're trying to get him to lose some weight to open up his just you know mobility really get him to be a little faster and look more like a corner than a safety and, and he showed that he could play all the spots he could play the slot he could play the outside it, what his bread and butter is press coverage he will punch you in the face of the line of scrimmage and disrupt that route and I think he showed that he belonged with the big boys down there. He was the best corner that I watched all week. I watched a lot of the DB the action all week, you know, very, very heavily. And he was the guy that jumped out that I didn't really know what we were going to get from. Another guy that just didn't seem to ever lose a rep was Taekwon Lewis from Ohio State. I think we talk about the Ohio State guys every year so much. But sometimes we forget that, you know, that some of the guys that weren't necessarily stars there, but just very solid players, six to eight sacks guys, guys. Tyquan Lewis is a guy that just looked really good at that defensive end. He's a guy that was winning his reps, showing a variety of pass rush moves. Uh, I was very impressed for a guy that I really didn't know much about. And I went down and watched Ohio State Rutgers this year. But when you go in and see the practice in the one-on-ones is where you really get the closest look at these guys. So those two jumped out for me. I think some of the obvious ones also played really well. Will Hernandez dominated from UTEP, the guard. I think he showed that he's just one of the most well-rounded blockers in this class. I think when you look at the running backs, I didn't know what to think of this group because it's not a star power group, but you would hope that Rashad Penny would be the guy that would jump out. And I actually think not the game, but during practice, Kalen Balaj and Ido Smith showed me more. So when you're looking at value in this class and you want to go find value at the running back position, which teams have done in recent years in the later rounds, that it exists again this year. So, you, I mean, listen, we're going to talk about this later, Jeff, when we do some of the mock drafting picks for the Browns, but I love Saquon Barkley. I think he's probably the best overall football player in this class right there with Quentin Nelson. But you don't have to really reach on him in the top five picks because you can go find a starting running back later on. Yeah, and, you know, and that's almost, you know, because everybody, you know, we, you know it, a lot of talk is pro Barkley, which is fine, it, you know, and that's the thing. And, you know, I had somebody message me today, and it's like, well, why do you keep saying Micah Fitzpatrick at four? Because I, I don't think I can get somebody like Micah Fitzpatrick at 33 or 35, um, but I can get somebody who can give me close to what Saquon's going to give me at 33 or 35. And I told him, I said, you know, instead of Leonard Fournette or Christian McCaffrey, you go the Kamara, you go the Hunt route, which we see now. And, you know, it, it, there's just so much talent. You know, not all you know. Not all the running backs are going to go high, and you have a chance to get a guy that suits what you do later on. 
Um, but we'll continue. And it's funny, though, because one guy, you know, when I reached out a little bit about MJ Stewart, uh, one guy got back to me and he said, hey, keep in mind, you know, MJ Stewart was at UNC, and UNC sent three wide receivers to the NFL Combine in 2017. So, you know, it, it's not like this guy wasn't seeing quality reps. It was just a chance for him where he put it all together, and, you know, obviously the light clicked, went down to Mobile, had a great week. Uh, I want to touch here, and this is, you know, I, I'm going to have to do this on every show because it, it almost seems the most obvious thing. Uh, Brown's second year in a row, overall pick number one. Uh, obviously, Miles Garrett last year, you know, last year is going to be a foundational piece, but the quarterback position is going to have to be addressed. I'm not writing off Deshaun Kaiser. I just want to take a positional negative and turn it into a positional positive. But I think three options at one. You know, obviously, whether it's Sam Darnold, who I think it's going to be at the end of the day, Josh Rosen, who if I was picking would be the selection at the end of the day, and then of course, you know, there's Baker Mayfield who. It's just a guy you want to find a way to get on your team because he's going to bring substance. He's going to bring leadership. Uh, give me a little bit on each guy, and if you had the selection at one, who are you taking as the top quarterback, number one overall for the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, it's interesting because they're all just so different. I think when you look at Rosen, he's your classic pocket passer. and I know he's been getting a little bit of the Eli Manning comps. I like that the Goff and Matt Ryan kind of passer. I think when you look at him, he's just so impressive. When you're just talking about a natural thrower, this is the guy that can make all of the throws, and he does make all the throws. It's not the Josh Allen situation where it's can make all the throws. It's a guy that is making these throws time after time again when he gets the help he needs. So I know people are turned off by Rosen's personality. That seems to be the narrative going around. But he's just so impressive to me. When you look at Darnold, who I agree with you, Jeff, I think Darnold is the guy that's the favorite to actually go number one overall overall here. He's the guy I actually like the least of the three because I think the risk factor is higher than people realize. He's a great person, a great leader, hard worker, intangibles, good mobility, can make something out of nothing. But he's, you know, the arm strength is average and he's still not seeing the field the way he needs to. The turnovers are still there. Recklessness with the ball. I don't think he's ready to play in an NFL offense right away next year. Now, if the Browns go out and get a bridge quarterback to give Donald a little bit of time, then I understand it. But it would be very interesting to me because I think it is a riskier pick than people are making it out to be. Now, when you look at Baker, on the other hand, who everybody deems very risky because of the apparent character flaws, which I do not see at all, Baker's the pro-ready guy. It's kind of ironic. You know, he's about a little over six feet tall. He's got great mobility. He's got a quick release. He gets the ball out on time. His timing's very impressive. He's got a very strong arm for a smaller quarterback. I would not kill the Browns if they took Baker Mayfield number one overall, but I think the pick has to be Josh Rosen. Now, once again, I think they will take Sam Darnold, but if I was making the call, I'm taking Josh Rosen. I'm taking the most talented passer in this draft, I know that, you know, there'll be some conflict if he wants to go to Cleveland. There's some weird things going around. I think people took it a little strange what he said. You'd like to go to a good situation. It felt like a little dig at the Browns. But at the end of the day, I think they would make it work. And I think they could sell to Rosen that this franchise will turn things around and that he can be the leader of that. So for me, it's Josh Rosen. It's really there's no question about it. That's who I would take because I think he's just simply the best quarterback in this class. And it might not be very close. And you know, and obviously, you know, you know, you being the Jets fan, me being a lifelong Jets fan, I was Sam Darnold going into this the, the 2017 season. It was evident Josh Rosen outplayed him. And, and I think kind of what you need to do with Cleveland is say, look, 
Come on out. Come meet with us. You bring Miles Garrett into the room. You bring David Najoku into the room. You, you get these foundational guys who should be part of it with him. And you sit down and you talk with them. And look, Miles Garrett kind of said something similar last year that, hey, it'd be great to play yep. for the Dallas Cowboys. And he went through the same kind of thing. But if you have a chance to acquire so many young studs, bring them in almost like the NWO, like back in the day, and say, look, we're going to run this. Do you want to be a part of this? And it'll be even better that we're running things at 23, 24 years old because you look at the AFC North. Look, Pittsburgh probably doesn't have staying power. They're going to lose Ben. Bell's probably going to leave. Cincinnati, you know, may have beat them twice this year. They're not really a threat. God knows what in the world is going down in Baltimore. There's a real opportunity to step up here and grasp this. And, you know, does Josh Rosen want to be a part of that? It's something to think about. It's something to look into. And he's a younger guy. He's a bright guy. I think his his I think his smartness sometimes gets reflected to being a bad thing. No, it's just the way he is. He's smart. He knows things. He asks questions. He pushes things because he's intelligent, and that confuses people. But look, you know, for me, if you're gonna just sit down and you say, you know, put on three, ta- you know, watch this guy three times, and you're gonna watch Sam three times, you're gonna watch Baker three times. Baker is the one. I mean, I'm sorry, Josh Rosen is the one that. It's going to bring you the wow that he it's just he should check every box and be that guy. But we are going to move on over running back position. And like you said earlier, this is a, another fantastic class. And people get all over me because I'm a huge Sony Michelle guy. And they automatically assume that because you like a guy and he's your favorite, you think he's number one at a position. No, I will give Saquon Barkley his crown. I do think he is the best running back in the class. But there's nothing wrong for me saying that, you know, I do love Sony Michelle. I think he's my favorite guy in the class. Um, obviously, Barkley, you touched on a little bit. Uh, I think Indy, you know, some people want to doubt him now. I think Indy, he's going to blow up. Now, you, I know you're a workout guy. So if I'm impressed by what Saquon Barkley is doing as far as workouts and that type of stuff, it's got to blow your mind, no? Oh, I mean, without a doubt. Barkley is a guy, a high-character, work-ethic guy with the freakish raw talent, the best of both worlds combined. And I think when you look at him, the videos of his insane lifts is impressive. But besides that, this is a guy that's probably going to run a 4.38 at the combine, which he's 225 pounds. I know he's listed he's around 230. I, think. I mean, you know, yeah. he's probably going to cut for the combine. but he Yeah, I think he'll cut more. down to 225, but he can play at 230. And when you... <laughs> God, it's it's, a, it's freakish, really, what the guy can do. His jumps will be good. His testing will be good. It, it, he checks every box where nobody – if he goes number one overall, listen, the Browns have to take a quarterback. But nobody can kill anyone that takes Saquon Barkley. I know the running back thing and, and all of that, but, and I even said it earlier in the show, you can go find value later in, the, in later rounds. But when you look at Barkley, you can't kill anyone for taking what to me is a slam dunk superstar player. Well, and you had Todd, Todd Gurley today. You know, he was drafted 10th overall. He's panned out. Then you go a little bit closer to number one with Ezekiel Elliott. Panned out. Then you go a little bit closer to number one with Leonard Fournette. Obviously panned out. If you're in the right position, and I don't look, Cleveland I don't think is, obviously. So maybe that's why it doesn't work out where you're going to go take Barkley at one. But, the, you know, everybody with the, you don't necessarily have to drift. If you really like the running back and you think he's that good, we have evidence over the last three years that there is no problem with drafting that guy high. Totally. I mean, you can and you can argue with Gurley if he didn't get hurt, he'd be a top three pick. So 
you look at these guys, and it, the biggest question with Fournette was how long will his running style hold up? And the biggest question with Ezekiel Elliott was can he stay out of trouble off the field? And the biggest question with Gurley was will he come back from the injury? Good Lord, has he ever. With Saquon Barkley, he doesn't have any of those three questions. That's the craziest thing. The risk factor isn't even there. Yep, absolutely. Um, now, uh, dig a little deeper, uh, you know, because the, the, one of the best things I love is when you have a deep positional class is seeing people get upset about, you know, the rankings of said position. But it's like, you know, look, the first 10 are all really freaking good. It's just like, you know, I mean, it's, it's like buffalo wings or pizza. What topping do you like on it? What do you like to dip it in? It's not really a bad thing if you're 10 because I still think you might be a top 100 player here. So highlight a couple guys that you like in the rest of this group. Yeah, well, when you get outside all of these top guys, you know, and are you you just want running backs specifically? Oh, yeah. We're here. Yeah. Backs. I mean, listen, everybody knows about Darius Geis, and I'm going to talk about him later in this when we do run through some more picks. Uh-huh. I still love Darius Geis. I think Darius Geis has the chance to finish for me as a top 10 player overall in this class when I do finalize rankings. But it goes beyond him. I've loved. I've thought Sony Michelle is the better pro prospect than Nick Chubb for quite some time, and I still like what Chubb can be. But Sony is just electric. I think he's a game changer. And the list goes on between the mid round guys. A lot of people have forgotten about Royce Freeman, who probably should have went down to the Senior Bowl. Royce Freeman, with him, it's just injuries. Can he stay healthy? Can he figure it out? Carry on Johnson from Auburn's another guy that can do a lot of different things. Catch the ball. I think he could pass protect a little bit, and he's just a grinder. They handed him the ball over 20 times a lot this year, and he went out and got it done. So when you look at the class and you look at the running backs, it just seems name after name after name. There's so much talent here. And I didn't even get into Ronald Jones, who is another guy that's a top 20 player for me. <laughs> he, he really reminds me a little. I know people say Dalvin Cook. I see a blend of Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara. Those are the names that you want to be compared to. And with Ronald Jones, it really is. He's really that good and that special. And I think he should go in the first round. It'll be interesting to see how that really plays out, though. Yeah, exactly, Ronald Jones. But then even you get to, you know, you get to later names. You get to Edo Smith, who you mentioned earlier from the Senior Bowl. You know, Mark Walton, kind of a forgotten guy. Cause yep, he's no doubt. Walton was very good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a guy that you can, you know, I don't want to necessarily, you know, compare to Kamara. But he, he's got that outside ability, and word is he's completely healthy. I think he'll rise once Indy comes. Obviously, you know, you still have Rashard Petty. Uh, you have you know, uh, Kelly, who seems to be a hot name of late out of Tennessee. It's another class where it's a really, really sure, good group. Sure, and you got Martez Carter from Grambling. I mean, you can really find names everywhere you look. It, and it's, you know, it, it's, and we didn't talk about the Alabama guys. It just goes on and on and on. I, I'm not... I'm not Huge. I don't like I'm them, a, but I'm not huge on Bo. Yeah, well, that's all. I don't even know if Bo's yeah. taken in the first five rounds. But Damien Harris, there was a point in this season where people were giving him top fifty love. I don't see it, but he could still be in a committee at the next level. No, I understand. I definitely agree there. Um, now, one other thing I've now, and this is going to be something we're going to continue to do, guys. With you know every draft guy I have come on. Um, normally you say, oh, well, you know, mock me some picks. You can't ask somebody to give you picks for four rounds. But when you're the Cleveland Browns and you hold picks one, pick four, pick 33, and pick 35, you can ask the draft guy to go ahead and give you some picks for those. So, Connor, uh, you know, give you some names to slot in. But, I mean, the Browns fans, they're so discouraged. And, look, they were an 0-16 team. At the end of the day, there's no escaping that. 
They were better than that record. The talent that is on the roster is better than that record. But give me some selections here. One, four, 33, 35. You know, how, what can be done to turn this around? Yeah, and listen, they do have some talent in place. They've had high they have talent in the past. They have a, they have a great there. They have a solid we, we offensive line. We went in depth line. with, we went in depth with number one. I think. Yeah, I think number one is is Josh. It should. If this is me picking. I'm taking Josh Rosen. I go get the quarterback. Go get the talented guy. Number one overall. We talked about that in length. I think it's a no brainer for me. Number four. Now, here's where it gets tricky because, yes, you would love to set him up with Saquon Barkley, but I'm going to give them Minka Fitzpatrick. I think they need a guy. Now, Minka Fitzpatrick to me is a safety. He can play corner, yes. I think his his best position at the NFL is safety. This was a team that should not have taken Jabril Peppers in the first round last year, and unfortunately, you can't undo that, and it's not. I'm not here to knock a Jersey guy and Jabril and just kill him. But he's a guy that plays closer to the line of scrimmage. Where and they plays need well help. closer to the line of scrimmage. Yes, he does play well, and he can return. He could do a lot of different things, but you still need a safety that can play deep. And Minka Fitzpatrick can do that for this team. So you go get the best value at four. You take the safety in Minka Fitzpatrick, so you get Rosen, Minka. Now you look at 33. I think Darius Geis is going to be there at 33. I've heard he slides out of the first round. I would not hesitate to take him there. You go get a running back that's extremely talented, a guy that can be a workhorse, a guy that can help the rookie quarterback. That just makes too much sense to me there. Listen, you you pass on Barkley because you needed help and you get a dynamite player in Minka. You're still getting a top-tier running back, a guy that could be a top-10 running back in this league with that 33rd overall pick. I, I think it makes too much sense. Now, 35 is interesting. They can go so many different ways here when you look at it because This is a team that can use some help at corner. Now, the question is, how high do these corners go? I think Denzel Ward, Josh Jackson, and Mike Hughes all go in the first round. I think they're off the board here. So you have to look at who's available and what they want to do. Do they want guys that can press? Carlton Davis from Auburn to me, depending how he runs, I thought was very impressive this year. I think Isaiah Oliver from Colorado is another player that can definitely play press coverage. I think he'll get better in off-mid coverage. I think this team actually is sneaky talented on the front seven. I don't even think you need to invest one of these very, very early picks there. So build the secondary, build the offense. I think it's a no-brainer there. The offensive line, we have to see what's going to happen with Joe Thomas. That's kind of what I'm sitting waiting on because that pick at 35 might very well have to be a a tackle for the future. We don't know how much longer he's going to be playing. And so that pick at 35 can easily be offensive line. But until we know more, build up this secondary while you can. Yeah, I mean, that is the big purple elephant in the room. Uh, guys, obviously, uh, you know, with Super Bowl week, uh, Locked On Eagles, Michael Kiss, Benjamin Solak, these guys are doing a fantastic job. Uh, they're doing great crossover episodes with uh, Mark Schofield from Locked On Patriots. Best part about this is these guys are all really tight, so they're having a lot of fun with it. You know, these episodes, they're busting some chops back and forth. Uh, so please, you know, check those shows out. You know, they're doing a great job over there. And, you know, look, one day, guys, we'll get to do Super Bowl episodes. But for now, look, everybody's going to watch the game. So go ahead <laughs> learn some things from these guys. Check out Locked On Eagles with Michael and Ben. Now, before I let you go, Connor, here, another Super Bowl. I mean, this is, you know, look, it's a tough one. Look, you know, the Jet guy in you, the Jet guy in me. There's two ways to look at this. It's always screw the Patriots no matter what. Or it's, if they win, is it really going to change things at all? (laughs) Yeah, right. It's five rings, whether it's six rings. Hey, maybe if they win another ring, 
Giselle gets her way. Tom's got to hang it up. You know, Bill's got to start from fresh, or Bill's just got to check out a dodge. Give me some thoughts on the game. It's going to be interesting. Um, can Nick Foles be the same quarterback he's been for the last six quarters of his play, uh, you know, of the playoff run? It's going to be an interesting, uh, you know, game on Sunday. Listen, Jeff, I would love to be wrong here, but I think the Nick Foles magic runs out. I think <laughs> New England wins this one 27 to 17. And I, I honestly am not expecting a great game. I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be competitive going into the fourth quarter. But I I just don't expect really – It's last year was unlike anything we've ever seen before. We've had some good Super Bowls over this last decade. I just – it's hard for me to believe that this New England staff can't stop. And listen, New England's defense is going to show up. They're going to they're gonna keep them in this game down the stretch. But I just can't see Foles getting it done. And the thing is, is I would feel a little bit more confident for the Eagles if they could at least, you know, if there was a running back that I could say, you know what, if they give it to him 20 times, yeah, they have a chance. He's going to get 100 yards. Oh, he'll keep Tom away. But look, you're going against the ultimate sorcerer. And the thing is, and this came up today, and it was, you know, part of, uh, you know, uh, the new, uh, this what are they, what are they calling the fans? CMB, whatever. But Bart Scott obviously brought up the great point is is you don't understand. I mean, when the Patriots get to a Super Bowl halftime where they've got 40 minutes, they can go back so deep and say, you know Oh, it's, a, it's ridiculous. Let's go with this game plan that we used, you know, 13 years ago on the road against, you know, Tennessee because they were showing us these fronts, and that's what they can do. Um, you know, I, I have some strange feeling because it always something weird goes on when New England's involved. James Harrison will probably be a two-sack-plus guy in this game because it's just always the way the things seem to work for New England. But I, I like the 27-17. to 17. You know, Unless Nick Foles goes out there and plays the game of his life, he needs to play like that Raider game years ago where I think he threw seven TDs. I had him in fantasy that week. So, by the way, thanks, Nick Foles. But I, I don't see this you know, panning out for the Eagles just because, I mean, if, if Carson Wentz was there, maybe, maybe, just maybe, but I don't think they're going to be able to do enough where it's going to be New England and they're going to be able to run it 20-plus times, which New England doesn't want to do. But once they get up, they know how to manipulate the clock. So I agree 100% with you. But Mark Schofield, guys, also uh, it runs Locked On Patriots, one of the brighter minds out there. Uh, listen to his show because a lot of it is Patriots, but a lot of it is just football X's and O's and explaining to you why things happen. And Mark is fantastic with it. You know, one of my closer friends. But so check out Locked On Patriots, uh, Connor. As far as uh, the shows here and what you guys got planned for the rest of the year, uh, you know, obviously you're bringing in guests like Todd Gurley. Give me a couple dream, couple dream guests that Connor Rogers wants to tell Matt. Look, I'm reaching out. I want this guy on. Man, I mean, I think we're gonna have Baker on at some point. But if that's not, uh, if that's definitely not in the plans, it needs to be. I want to talk to all the top quarterbacks. I mean. Listen, hopefully I get to we get to talk to one of them after they're on, whether it's the Browns, Jets, one of these teams looking at the top of the draft to grab the quarterback. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We've had so many good guests this year. It's really overwhelming, to be honest with you. It's been someone great each week, it seems like, and um, they just keep coming. So, uh, you know, I'm super excited for everyone that we've had on the show and everyone that we're about to get on the show. As the uh, We have Josh Jackson next week, too. So as the season goes on, more and more prospects – it's just going to be a lot of fun, man. Uh, you guys have done a fantastic job with it. 
you know, and, and the best thing is, is you know, look, you know, Connor and Matt, it's been a perfect blend. You know, I, I think you guys, I think you guys balance each other out. And, you know, Matt likes to have a lot of fun with it. And I think so. there's sometimes where you try to keep it a little bit more football because when I had Matt on earlier in the year, he's like, look, this is for me to, you know, and he even said, whether it's good or not, it's a chance for me to extend myself, have some fun with some things. Uh, but you guys are doing a great job with the show. And, uh, look, uh, guys, if you are not following Connor Rogers, please do that. Uh, one of the younger, brighter minds, he's got a, a hell of a future in front of him. Uh, a, I'm happy for him. B, I'm proud of him because every opportunity he's given, he just takes the ball and runs with it. So follow Connor. Follow Stick to Football. Follow Stick to the Jets. Um, as far as the show, guys, you know, follow Lockdown Brown's account. You know, anything to me, you know, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Please, I appreciate all the support. You guys have been fantastic as far as guests you want to hear and things of that nature. Uh, let's go Browns. Uh, Mr. Connor Rogers, uh, give you your pick. Uh, Patriots 27-17. Guys, we'll talk to you all tomorrow night. Thanks so much for your time.